green screen. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 382 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. It's Carlos here and in this week's show, a British airline makes the move to Airbus, a US airline makes its seats even smaller and the Virgin Atlantic make things all cosy on their A350s. Matt, cue the Patreon music. In the military this week, the UK sticks to its plan of retiring the venerable C-130 despite its great legacy. Qatar receives some new F-15s. The Nigerian Air Force operationalizes its Super Tucanos. And you too could own your own Air Force base in Canada. That, that's so, the band you two, right? Yeah. <laughs> so joining me this week across the other side of this glorious village we live in in suffolk in the east of england here because i'm not with him this week it is the legend that is matt smith well i decided that uh, i i suffered enough last week by doing the entire show from outside that i thought i'd come and sit in the warm studio today <laughs> i hope well i don't hope you, i hope you don't mind <laughs> well you, you could always do what your bottle says on it matt my bottle what does mm. my bottle say hang on you've confused me now what next what? to you on the windowsill I have a bottle on the window. Oh, oh, I, I see. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. A bit of unintentional branding just just slipped in there. Right? Oh, does, that, does that does that mean I have to put the little P logo in the bottom left hand corner? Now that I'm no, we, we're gonna we have to sort of get, we're gonna edit the show and blur that are particular we? piece. Are we of the video like? Yeah. Are we heckers like? There we go. Anyway, so uh, not joining us this week, unfortunately, because he's very busy doing all different kind of work-related meetings and Zoom calls and uh, hopefully not Teams calls because he hates them. He does is hate Neville Bounds. Yes. <laughs> he can't be with us this week. Uh, but uh, but as always this week, back with us um, as is our fourth member of the team and it is the fantastic and amazing Armando. Hey, guys. Uh, sorry I couldn't be on the show the last couple of weeks. I've been pretty busy uh Zoom it around the country, you know. Yeah, see uh, what you did there. See what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, it's been pretty busy, but now it's a beautiful day here. And uh, I was surprised here just about 10 minutes ago by our guest host. <laughs> you certainly were. Because Carlos, would you this... like to introduce our guest host? This, this week on the show, we have literally rolled out a red carpet from here in Suffolk all the way over to Armando's house. Because this week, I can't believe I'm saying this. This is, we're going to have to put this one in the diary, Matt. This week, <laughs> our right, special guest down. on the show, <laughs> it's the one, the only, it's Megan Carrion. Hello, Meg. It's me. Uh, oh, actually, uh, as as you are here, I do need to do something, though, if I, if I may be so bold. <clears throat> a happy birthday to you, happy birthday, happy birthday to, you. to you, happy birthday, dear Megan, <laughs> happy birthday to 
That was horrendous, wasn't it? Wow. <laughs> Bravo. Happy birthday. If that hasn't put you off, she's going to leave now. Cause it... And uh, that's a wrap for me. Yeah, absolutely. Just in case anyone's wondering, me and Matt are available for uh, our parties, bar mitzvahs, anything. Right. Just uh, okay. You, you, you are. I'm trying to give it up. It's you know, it's, you know, Lent and all that. Yeah. You know what? I can't remember honestly, Matt. The last time me and you sang together, it must have been. Years I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you when it was. I, 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 I'll tell you when it was. It was a, a, a several Christmases ago, and it was the last time that uh, Owen was actually here for Christmas. So there you go. That gives you an idea. How, and we all came Blimey. to the Swan, if you remember. Oh my word! Yes, yes. I know that yeah. goes back a while. So, so oh, that must well. be what three, year, four, year, three, four, four years ago. Four years ago, I think now. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> anyway, carry on. So, Speaking uh, of carry on. <laughs> yes, quite how, absolutely. Yeah. How many spouses do you, do you know would spend their birthday podcasting on an aviation <laughs> podcast? This is perfect. I was just talking to a friend about how I don't feel like I am involved enough in your aviation passion. So this is a good way to do that. Quite starting out. off the next year on the right foot. Can we buy a bonanza? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried. Right. That... I thought I would take a shot at right. that. Right, oh, worth a go, certainly, absolutely. Yeah. Well done. Uh, I'm just worried, worried we can't afford Megan's salary for well, this. Well, no, I there is that. Know. Also, I think it's worth mentioning uh, doing things on special days. I think it's probably worth mentioning, and if you if you had the misfortune of listening to me doing breakfast this morning, it's a certain person's wedding anniversary today as well. Mm-hmm. One, one Monsieur Carlos and the long-suffering Gemma. Uh, and it, <laughs> it must be... And it is now 10 years. Can you believe it's 10 years since we... All got very drunk at your expense, oh, Carlos. No. I, it was such a long time ago. <laughs> ten, ten years ago, Matt, we were, we were all together at the barn, and um, yeah, yeah, it was. I was uh, I was the night. master of ceremonies, wasn't you I? Was. Busy, basically ordering people around all day, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I'll be honest, and he uh, done it well. Trust <laughs> me, he done it well. Indeed. Anyway, it's got nothing to do with the aviation. Let's let's get uh, uh, no, let's, let's get cracking. Let's, let's get get on. So, Armando, you have got uh, just something for our roundup for this uh, week, our weekly roundup, haven't you? Some updates, information. Yeah, so according to Reuters.com this week, the uh, Boeing 777-200 zone by United Airlines, uh, currently powered by the uh, Pratt & Whitney PW4000-112 engines will not be uh, flying until early 22. This follows United Airlines flight that how was heading to Honolulu in February that suffered an engine failure. I think we did a story on that. That 777 landed safely at Denver International soon after takeoff. Now, the airlines, the United's chief commercial officer said that they were really disappointed that they were not able to fly these 777s with the Pratt & Whitney engines. Uh, as of now, the 777 aircraft are grounded and uh, they are considered large capacity domestic movers. And we use them for Hawaii and for hub to hub. So as of right now, we'll be flying well below where we'd like uh, as far as capacity levels in Hawaii, so or to Hawaii. Wow, there okay. you go. There it I is. think they are they are the only users I think uh, now of this particular engine power triple seven. But um, yeah, they, they need to uh, to get some new ones in if, if they want to get uh, mm. into, you know increase their capacity. But there you go. Well, that just kind of shows that no no one manufacturer in aviation is ever safe from you know a mechanical. Your safety decision related yeah. to mechanical mm. or engineering. Absolutely, indeed. But then that's what it's there for, isn't it? I suppose that's that's the the long and the short of it. That's what it's all about. That's it. 
So let's say a big thanks to everyone who's joined us in the chat room for the live show tonight. Can I quickly run through the list of family in here? Let's have a look. We have got Lee Davies. Hello to you, Lee. Uh, We've got Captain Cruz, Richard Adams, and scroll down. Here we go. Uh, We've got Nick Codling. Hello to you, Nick. Uh, Thanks for your feedback, Nick. Actually, we've got that coming up uh, in a future show. Uh, we've also got Myla. Hello to you, Myla. Hope you are flying well. Mazus Karim. Hello to you, Mazus. One of our local listeners here. Uh, we have got uh, oh Megan Karen's also in the chat room. That's always good. Give I've heard of her. Things. Where do, where do I know her. her from? <laughs> yeah. Tanya W. Hello to you, Tanya. Also there tonight. And Masha. Hello to you, Masha. Hope things have been brighter at your side of the uh, Europe because it's been very gloomy and cloudy here today. Uh, we've got scrolling down, make sure Tony S. Hello to you, Tony. Arnie Carlson. Hello to you, Arnie. Good evening. Um, just make sure I don't miss anyone. Out. Let's quit. Oh, Aircraft Five as well. Hello, hello to you, Aircraft Five. Uh, nice to see you in the chat room as well. And welcome to everyone who has tuned in this evening. Don't forget, if you are listening to the audio version of this show and you haven't already seen what our glorious faces look like, uh, you can uh, go over to YouTube, type in Plain Talking UK, and you'll find our page on there. Hit the subscribe and the bell icon, which is right next door, to be notified when we are live and recording new episodes, because we would love to have you in the chat room. I'm sure the chat room would love to have you in the chat room as well because we do have a fantastic chat room uh, each week so yeah don't forget click on those buttons and uh, uh, Carlos if you go to last week's notes because of course it is the beginning of the month which does mean one thing doesn't it of course yes it does it is time to say a big thank you to a certain group of people uh, who donate to the show via Patreon so we're going to say a big thank you uh, to our Patreon donators. So first, we've got Dirk S, uh, Sasha Beer, Stephen Ivey, Nicholas Codling, uh, Warren Dixon, Louis Caceres, uh, Andrew Van der Saad, Alan White, Stephen Howland, uh, Tanya Wyman, Megan Carrion, uh, Jacob Darlington-Brown, Nicholas Hewitt, Masha Gertz, Owen Shimzu, Ruben Wells, Neil Lamorn, Graham Haley, Jonathan Warner, Eric Graves, Matt Caton, Jordan Rose, Andrew Wilson, Captain Jeff, Adam Spink, Liz Piper, Jeff Ward, Myla, Evan Shue, Philip Leib, uh, Shud Bakker, uh, Ray Williams, and Stephanie Plummer. And a big thanks as well to our regular PayPal donators on the show, uh, Jennifer Parkinson, uh, Mazus Karim, thank you to you as well, Tony Stubbings, uh, Lee Davies, and Craig Eurosco. Big thank you to you kind people for your awesome donations to the show. It does help uh, us with the show in many different ways, uh, one of which is providing Matt with uh, certain <laughs> devices in the studio for dealing with noise issues, which I think he's yes, sorted out this indeed, week, yes. and uh, other things as well. And it helps us to uh, provide you with the great content that we bring you each week. So big, big thank you to you, one and all. And don't forget, if you want to become a Patreon subscriber of the show uh, or a PayPal donator, you can uh, go over to our website and click on the links which are on there. And uh, I think there's a video which I have done, isn't there, Matt? Uh, that's Patreons. about to go on there this week. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, um, yeah, yeah. I sat down a few days back and done a, a bit of a sort of a 
a sit down session with me and a go over my kind of flying life. So it's one to uh, to definitely watch. There's a lot of things mm. that uh, I don't talk about on the show. So they'll be on uh, that video, which will be released to our Patreon and PayPal donators. Uh, hopefully this week, Matt will get that on there. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, thank you to you all. So there we go. Thank you, everyone. And uh, well, I suppose we better do some commercial aviation. It says, is everyone ready? Uh, almost, yeah. It. Just talk amongst yourselves for a brief second because I've got, yeah, no, I'm ready now. Here we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got a fun story. I'll tell one later. <laughs> so, kicking off this week's first news story. And uh, this one is uh, for, well, from many points. It's headforpoints.com, theindependent.co.uk, cypressmail.com, and travelweekly.co.uk. And uh, actually, no, that's not because I'm, I'm looking at last week's show notes now. It's almost very good. That. Yes, okay. I know. This is from cypressmail.com. <laughs> actually, it is from one of the sites I mentioned. It's from oh, cypressmail.com. That's a result. <laughs> and uh, this one is uh, British Airline Jet 2 picks Airbus over Boeing. I wonder when this would happen because they've been on about this for a while now. Mm. So, British Airline and Holiday Group Jet 2 unveiled a deal to buy dozens of Airbus jets, silly people, worth $4.9 billion at list prices on. Tuesday this week, switching loyalties from US plane maker Boeing uh, as airlines gear up for travel rebound in Europe. The order for 36 A321 Neojets with options for uh, to add 24 more confirms efforts reported by Reuters last month for Airbus to unseat its arch rival in a fierce competition returns for the coronavirus blighted aviation sector. Uh, the roughly 200-240 seat A321 Neos have been outselling large versions of the Boeing 737 MAX by a wide margin, though Boeing has been narrowing the gap through sales to US carriers since the safety ban on the MAX was lifted last year. Uh, Jet2 said it would finance its first ever Airbus purchase through a combination of its internal resources and debt, and its shares fell 1.7%, underperforming a slightly weaker market. So it says, uh, it says the planes would be delivered between 2023 and 2028, and noted that the airlines typically win discounts on list prices. We all know that. Industry sources say such discounts are usually at least 50%. Blimey, that's not a bad discount. Airbus's, uh, Airbus, who shares eased uh, 0.2%, said each aircraft would be configured for 232 seats. The deal comes as Boeing's largest European customer, Irish budget uh, Ryanair, keeps Boeing waiting for a long-awaited deal to buy at least 200 uh, Boeing 737 MAX 10s, which competes with the A321neo. It also turns the page on a difficult 16 months for the UK travel industry. Pandemic travel restrictions have lasted longer in Britain than the rest of Europe. And while demand has started to recover, fears over last-minute rule changes have hampered many bookings. A year of booking surges followed by waves of holiday cancellations and restriction changes has, however, helped boost the popularity of package holidays as customers see a benefit of an operator reorganising the whole trip for them. Jet2 raised £422 million, or or $586 million, through a share issue in February, which it said was to help it ride out the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Just one to note, Jet2 currently, here in the UK, uses seven Boeing 737-300s, blimey, old school, uh, 74 Boeing 737-800s, and eight seven five seven 
dash 200s and uh, as i said the a321s will be configured to 232 passengers uh, while their original 757-200s at the moment seats 235 so it proves a point there that the uh, 757 is uh, or this a321 i should say is a, is a, a very good sort of fill-in slot for the retiring 757s but um I still love the seven five anyway. I know Matt doesn't, but I'm a big fan. <laughs> I have. Yeah, I think this is this is interesting, right? Because we're going to start seeing more and more stories about the retirement of a seven five seven. I think they're still going to be flying for years and years to come. But like so many other aircraft, compared to these modern fuel efficient composite aircraft, you know these these other airplanes are going to start getting phased out. Do you think they'll start you like like they've done with the the seven four? Because I mean that seven four, although it's retired from like doing passenger flights and stuff, pretty much can, you know like all, all but gone. Well, in fact, they are all gone now. I think apart from a couple of uh, planes now. I mean, do you, do you think perhaps the seven five will move into like sort of freighter type? Yeah, sort of? I think so. Seven fives can be converted to freighter. Um, I think you're, we're we're probably going to start seeing them uh, much like seven twenty sevens did back in the day and seven oh sevens back before that probably end up in, you know, some emerging economy countries, uh, they'll get sold off. I mean, they'll, mm. they'll still get still fly. But uh, as far as the large carriers in Europe and in the US are, they're all probably going to move to these, you know, newer next generation mm. aircraft. Mm. Indeed. So Indeed. Matt, you've got uh, story number two, and it's a it's a kind of a tech kind of uh, story just for you yeah uh, so this is on the aircraft interiors international.com website and the headline is wireless ife added to qantas link passenger experience uh, so travellers flying to with Qantas Link, the Australian regional subsidiary carrier of Qantas Group, can soon enjoy free Wi-Fi, wireless in-flight entertainment, uh, WIFE, on board. The airline is deploying WOW WIFE systems with from Blue Box Aviation Systems across its fleet, initially on its Airbus A320 aircraft, but then expanding to its Fokker 100s, uh, Boeing 717s and Alliance uh, Airlines Embraer. Air E190 aircraft uh, passengers can access IFE content including uh, movies, TV, audiobooks and podcasts over a captive wireless network while their own personal electronic devices such as cell phones or tablets. Uh, access to the Blue Box WOW system will be integrated with the Qantas Entertainment app but the entertainment will also be available uh, app free with simple browser access for anyone who does not have the app loaded on their device. Qantas Link has opted for the aircraft-powered version of Blue Box Wow with automated PA pause functionality uh, so passengers won't miss crew announcements during their flight. The aircraft-powered hardware, a compact unit uh, that can be stowed in the overhead stowage bins, recently received an EASA STC for the Airbus A320 family aircraft and will be modified for use on other aircraft types in Qantas Lynx fleet. Now, uh, Carlos, you got me a picture for this, didn't you? And, and I must admit, yeah. I am quite ex- astounded at how tiny this bit of tech <laughs> is. is. I, I mean, it is ridiculous. I mean, 
it just looks like a massive battery. That's literally all it looks mm. like, and it's essentially a a powered box. I dare say it'll run on on you know. I don't know. I don't know what is the power system tends to be in in these aircraft, Armando. What what voltage is available? Oh, everything. Oh, really? There, okay. There's everything. There's uh, twelve volt systems. There's twenty four volt, twenty eight volt systems. There's hundred and fifteen volt systems. There's right. four hundred hertz systems. Uh, John Jester was talking about this in the chat room the other day or the other day, the other week when we were doing a, a different story, mm. how the 747 has something like five, six different power systems. Yeah. And, and that's just because you have so much, so many different things like that this that are powered yeah. in, in different ways that, Indeed. that the aircraft are. I mean, it's a very, I, very neat piece of kit, isn't it? I suppose. And as long as the, uh, as long as the range is strong enough, I dare you know, I mean, this is, this is going to be, uh, I mean, you could literally using that and, uh, and the passenger's devices, you could literally put IFE on any aircraft, couldn't you? With this, this little box. Yeah. I, I have a question for our guest. Well, host. I, I want to say there will never be a good excuse for missing this podcast now. There you go. Yeah, but how do we get it, how do we get it on their box? That's the. I mean, uh, how much did you guys pay her to be here? Uh, uh, I'm the, looking the, forward to the, the fee is currently our, undisclosed, Armando. That 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 is uh, our too high to yeah. mention. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. you know what? The, despite the fact that that Megan and I actually met on well, we didn't meet on the aircraft. We met at the In bar. The airport. Right. At the Sorry, bar. at yes. the airport at the bar. Uh, they are synonymous. We don't fly <laughs> together very often. So if you were flying by yourself, are you are you a book person? Oh yeah. Or are you yeah, a in flight entertainment? Nah. I like You're a, not gonna I like watch movies book. or anything. Mm-mm. No. So, so no. even if the IFE is decent, for example, you wouldn't be uh, I like the screen was in front of you. Would you watch a, a film over reading a book or would it just be a book? It would just or, be a book. I never have an opportunity to just sit down and disconnect. So I take the the dedicated time on a flight to disconnect. Weirdly enough, <laughs> uh, actually, no, actually, actually, Meg, are you are you a Kindle girl or a real no, proper paper? Proper, proper, proper. Have, ah, good. Yeah, I need to have paper. Yeah. yeah you know, good. we've we've talked about that. Nev actually did, brings. Did we that mention up. my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm no longer a spring chicken, so I like my paper books. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I'll loan her some books from the aviation library here. Uh, right. Library. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, I can't say that because there's a website called Skyberry. Oh. Um, <laughs> the uh, oh, geez, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, I don't know. Because you just cost <laughs> the <laughs> podcast a bunch oh. of money with that little. <laughs> Right. Quite well done, yeah. Team effort, uh, as we said at the top of the show, yeah. patreon.com. Right, right. Plane talk UK. Anyway, let's buy Megan a book, you. shall we? Yeah, so, right. We'll buy you a book. Staying, staying with our lovely guest this evening, uh, Megan, you've got uh, the next story, and it's bad news for Nev. Uh, I feel like this originally was Nev's story, but then the mystery guest just got it because it is about <laughs> British Airways. This is from simpleflying.com. British Airways removes the A380 from their schedule until late March 2022. In its latest scheduled changes, British Airways has removed the Airbus A380. The shift ties in with the launch of the IATA summer season on March 26th, but could be subject to further changes due to the evolving nature of the current situation. British Airways CEO Sean Doyle has been reasonably clear that he expects the giant of the skies to return to his airline's fleet. Nev, happy days. (laughs) The question is more one of weather rather than if. Unlike Emirates, the British flag carrier is holding off returning the Type 
to service for the time being. The earliest flights are currently scheduled for March 27th, with the aircraft scheduled to fly to Dubai, Johannesburg, Los Angeles, Miami, San Francisco, and Singapore. All flights are planned as daily, apart from Dubai. The old schedule had seen BA planning to increase its A380 schedule from roughly 90 rotations a month from November to March to around 170 a month from April to July. While the A380 has been removed from the schedule from October to late March, it remains at previously planned levels from April onwards. Of course, late March is over half a year away, and it is entirely possible that BA's plans could change in the meantime. This could see the A380 returning sooner if major international routes reopen, prompting a considerable demand. Equally, the airline could further push the aircraft's return back in the event of further negative changes as the pandemic develops. I feel so bad for the A380. <laughs> it's on, it's off, it's getting retired, it's not getting retired. Lee Davies, you know, just said that uh, the, the boss of Qantas said that the A380 is perfect for its big markets. Uh, BA is bringing him back. Oh, it's like the little airplane that could. Like, <laughs> it's not a little airplane, it's the world's biggest airplane, but yeah. I just feel so bad for it, you know? But we've, we've said this before, haven't we? It's an aircraft that basically arrived too late, isn't it? I mean, it should have come much, much earlier. Um, and then perhaps there would have been the, the love uh, for it. I mean, they, they, people love the aircraft. That isn't the mm-hmm. issue. Is it? It's just no, it's no longer financially viable, I think, is, that is, the, is the issue, isn't it? Judging by the stories that we keep running every week about the air, this aircraft, I'm I'm re- I'm so glad that we we you know we've had the 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 luck me and Gemma to travel on the 380 as many times as we have. Mm. So, um, but I I thought it was nice. It was you know if you if you're in the air window seat on them because the um, the curvature of the fuselage is quite more considerable as than other airlines. How is how is the boarding more. process? I I hate boarding an airplane that has a hundred people on it. I can't. I can't imagine 600 people or whatever they cram into those. It's it's no different, actually, to be honest with you, Amanda. It's no different to um, to boarding, like I say, a 777 or or a 3.30, the, the time it takes to board, because they normally have two um, air, you know, um, air, you know, air corridors onto the, what would you call them? Uh, the, jetways there. the jetways, that's the one. Jetways onto the aircraft. So they're filling up at, um, at kind of both two different doors. So they fill up fairly quick. Um, but no, as in, in the passenger experience, they're nice, roomy. Matt, I think you'd love them because there's tons of room, especially with Emirates, even in the economy. And I'd love it room. just because it wasn't a 757 for no other reason and, than because. And I'll tell you what, the best, <laughs> the best thing with with Qantas, we flew back with Qantas on the 380 once from from Dubai um, back to London Heathrow, and the, the best thing about Qantas's A380s is that they have a cookie bar. At the Wait, room, where the steps you have are. my full attention, and it's a help yourself <laughs> cookie bar, and I wow. did help myself once again. You have my full attention, uh... In- including <laughs> including my rucksack, which also helped itself, and, <laughs> and my carry on. Anyway, moving swiftly on before anyone from Qantas was watching the show. Um, <laughs> Bill's coming in for a cookies here, right? Yeah, Amando, I quite believe it. Yeah, Armando, good news for your side of uh, of the pond. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to take it local with this story. Uh, funny enough, I've spent quite a bit of time in Roswell, New Mexico, but this is from rdrnews.com, and an education group plans for a 2021 youth aviation event. An aviation and STEM, or science, uh, technology, uh, engineering, and math event for, the area, for an area middle school and high school students plans to make its return to Roswell, New Mexico in October. 
The non-for-profit New Mexico Aero Education is gearing up to hold the 8th Annual Aviation Aerospace STEM Expo on October 14th at the Roswell Air Center and its nearby hangars. That's according to Bill Short, a lead organizer and educational and career exploration event. <laughs> the expo would not occur in 2020, of course, because of the pandemic and related restrictions, but it was held at the Air Center in 2019, the first time it was hosted in Roswell. That year, about 3,500 students from around the state came to the event. Now, they said, uh, we have promised Roswell three years of doing the event. We had a, such a successful event in 2019 that we thought there was a huge interest. And there are jobs and a need down there for people to get involved in aviation. So we thought that we should focus on uh, going there at least one more time. Now, he said that his group would, likely, uh, would like to see Eastern New Mexico University in Roswell, one of its partners in 2019 and the 2021 Expo, hold the Roswell event in future years. The non-for-profit then would plan to hold a similar event somewhere else in the state. So although the COVID situation could change by October, Short said that his organization plans to bring in 50 or more exhibitors to the Air Center for the event, which is scheduled from 9 to 3 p.m. Participants are expected to include private aviators, the military, aviation and aerospace businesses, educational and workforce training entities. Student groups would also be rotated in smaller groups during the day to allow for social distancing, hand sanitizing station and other health uh, safety measures would be provided. So the expo is free to students. Uh, however, the organization relying on individual and corporate donations, as well as its partnership with ENMU uh, and other entities, they put on this event, which can cost anywhere from twenty dollars to $35,000. This year, that cost is expected to be at the low range because the event will not be statewide, but instead focus on about 25 schools in the Roswell and nearby communities, as well as a few tribal schools. Um, so let me give you a little bit of, of background here. Roswell, well, first of all, let's, let's start big. So New Mexico here in the US is huge for aerospace. It's one of the leading states for aerospace uh, companies. They, uh, the government of New Mexico uh, prides itself on its support of aviation and aerospace, which is why you have uh, some pretty large companies at the Albuquerque Sunport, as well as uh, Spaceport America, where Virgin Galactic is based. Unfortunately, Virgin, Virgin Galactic just got grounded that's uh, probably a story for next week, but the FAA is looking into some of the events from that, that day. Um, but there is a lot of real estate in New Mexico where aviation activities can take place. It's got in Albuquerque, they host the, I think it's the world's biggest balloon festival, festival, which is balloon fest, uh, balloon fiesta in, in Albuquerque. And then, and then there are military bases. You have Holloman air force base, Cannon air force base, um, Oh, geez, Kirtland Air Force Base. So it, it's huge for aviation. Roswell itself is a, a, a gigantic uh, depot for, for aircraft storage. And it's like one of those places like Sam Chewy on his channel, they, they went over to, I think, um, oh, it was either San Bernardino or Mojave or something like that on, on the channel. But it's it's an, a place where it's just got hundreds and hundreds of airplanes, including Elvis, Elvis's uh, corporate jet, is sitting at at the Roswell Air Center. So it's a great place to just host an aviation event. Um, very cool that they're doing this. I'm sure this is happening nationwide with other organizations, but at least um, in New Mexico, these students from Roswell and probably Hobbs and Clovis and and 
um, some of the other nearby towns will get a chance to explore this. So, Can I uh, call out a funny comment from the chat? Yeah, Captain oh, yeah. Cruz says there is a lot of space in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the thing? Whenever you hear the word, yeah. whenever you hear that word, you know Roswell and Mexico, you just instantly think of, you know, UFOs. What? Yeah, I think I say I think of UFOs every time I hear the word, you know, Roswell. Yep, mm -hmm. that was a test. Yeah, yeah I, I think, <laughs> oh, hello, what's going on Didn't here? Yeah, Felix Felix Baumgartner, he did his his uh, high altitude parachute jump in in. New Mexico also at White Sands. It was like a hundred and something thousand feet that he jumped out of a balloon from. As you do. Yeah, sounds it? crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like say, bon absolutely anyway. bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, cool local story there in Roswell. But uh, hey, we're all about getting youth into aviation and look up your local STEM camp. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys have some great things for uh, young people in the US. Oh, definitely. We do here in the UK, but you do have some good things in the US. Yeah. So moving on to the next story. This is uh, from BreakingTravelNews.com. And uh, great for couples, this one. Uh, Virgin Atlantic introduces the booth to the A350. So Virgin Atlantic has revealed a new interior for its A350 aircraft, designed specifically with leisure customers in mind. Uh, the changes include an increased number of seats in both the premium and economy cabins alongside a new social space for its upper-class customers. The booth is the latest innovation in Virgin Atlantic social spaces and is exclusively available for uh, customers traveling uh, to the airline's sunny leisure destinations on board the A350. Tucked away in the upper-class cabin, the space aspires to create a cozy corner providing a comfy lounge-style seating for two people separated by a single leaf table. The styling and finishes, which include luxurious leather seats and almond gold highlights, are designed to be in tune with the airline's award-winning loft space featured across the mainline A350 fleet. Uh, the booth encapsulate. Uh, encapsulated by two 27-inch touchscreen monitors allowing customers a window into a fully immersive experience. The content of the monitors will be continuously updated and tailored to the route and time of day, meaning that the look and feel of the booth will evolve over time. Initial content will include a digital art gallery featuring uh, up-and-coming artists and a tail and belly cam of the aircraft. Additionally, there are two Bluetooth audio jacks, uh, meaning customers can connect headsets to the monitor's audio. And customers traveling between Heathrow and Orlando are planned to be the first to experience the newest aircraft, with the first flight currently scheduled for December this year. Other less, uh, leisure destinations included are going to be Barbados, which will receive the new aircraft later in 2022. Now, Matt, you'd obviously got the pictures there of the booth for our, our listeners and viewers to see on the show. Um, what what are your thoughts, Armando? I can see you shaking well, your head there. Thought. Oh, go on, thought. Megan. Obviously, Carlos, this was going to be your anniversary gift, but because their first <laughs> flight is going to be between Heathrow and Orlando, and mm. you know, I don't know about oh, travel during COVID, and now, yeah. so we 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 tried to make that deal, but they just wouldn't have it. And uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> also, I would like to. <laughs> no, you can't negate that point. Also, I would like to say that this uh, cozy corner 
providing comfy lounge style seating for two separated separated by a single leaf table sounds an awful lot like your rv <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a camper. It does. No, it really does. I I, I don't know if this is. I, I I don't see that as a luxury thing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, my idea of a, a of a luxury thing is is a bit of space. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like you know, I mean, the business class thing. That the the whole exciting thing a about that is what well, buff. Yeah, I mean, yes, definitely, no crumbles there. <laughs> but it's it's that whole life flat bed thing. You've got space. You you know, mm. I mean, if if you had that space to yourself without the silly table in the middle, I might be more excited um you know or if you want to go down that route of like luxury and all that kind of thing then like the a380 with its bar i mean i just think to me that is luxury on an airplane do you know what i mean where you can actually go and grab a drink um you know you're almost expected to wander around and socialize while you're you know thirty thousand feet in the air or whatever the silly number is that it is that you fly i don't really yeah, know but virgin atlantic put some cool led lighting on it so it's yeah it's, it's super class. 80s and so now yeah. it's it's Oh, don't don't say that because Carlos will cry. Because if you've ever seen his truck, uh, it's got the most ridiculous <laughs> amount of LED lights you've ever seen. Eighties is trending. Is by it the way. right? Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, it's it's to be honest is, with you, which it's... must mean that I'm trending. That's my birthday. Right. Okay. Year. I mean, it, it, I have to admit the, the the Carlos's truck looks very much like something not of this country. I'll be honest with you, especially with it, especially with. <laughs> It's it's got a look. That sounds about like a compliment it. to me. Um, yeah, all right. So would yeah, you prefer you like. a, a cozy couch if the if they took that space and and I would fly in a cozy personally, couch? yeah. Uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just doesn't. It doesn't say it's got a. Do you know? Do you, it's got that smack of um sort of like sixties diner about it. Do you know yeah. what I mean with the little <laughs> fold away table and stuff? I I don't. It doesn't smack to me the height of luxury and something that I'd want to do. I mean, you know, you go there with your mates for you know a milkshake. That's that's what what I see when I see those pictures. I will say that when we when we flew to Vegas with with Virgin Atlantic many years ago, um with Virgin up in the 7-4 and we got invited into into the upper um, upper class area on there. They, they had a really, the bar area on there was really nice. The way they had it laid out was just like a real bar, you know, with a you know, seating bar area, the drinks behind and stuff. And it, it did feel like really, you know, it's really good, really good. Virgin do things very well when it comes to, um, I think, aircraft interiors and colours, colour schemes especially. But, but I think, I genuinely think they've missed... A trick here. It it, do, it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me at all. I I just don't think it's any good personally. Um, so are the booths for the uh, premium and economy cabins, or are those for the upper class customers? Because if it's for premium and economy, then yeah, I, I, I suppose I don't know what what <laughs> uh, to be segregated from yeah. minions. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't see. No, that I'm just wondering. Message. Like they didn't specify. Oh no, it does say upper class cabin. Yeah. It is in the upper class cabin. Okay. I was going to well. say she's been super swanky since we fly American Airlines. I know, right? In economy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just you know, jealous of the people who can afford this kind of thing. That's well, yeah, that's I, what this really I, is. I think that, that's, that's. I think I think we're all in the <laughs> in the same same boat here. I mean, I I must say. I wanna, yeah. I want to point out some chat room comments from yeah, Captain Yeah, do go Cruz on. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, go on. If it, if it wasn't for that silly table in the in the middle of the way, <laughs> surely these people would use these cozy corner for something nefarious. And oh. he goes on to say that when Virgin Atlantic first introduced uh, <laughs> large diaper uh, change down fold down tables uh, in larger toilets, they were always 
broken off the hinges for some reason. <laughs> right. Okay. Heavy babies, of course. Yeah, heavy babies, yes. Heavy babies. <laughs> heavy babies. That's clearly what it is. Uh, uh, now, actually, uh, I, I found from the archive, actually, here we go. Now, 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 tell me that that doesn't... What does that look like to you? Uh, somebody described that picture to me. That is Carlos's truck, I should just stress. That looks like a Ghostbusters truck. Oh, don't say that. That makes it cool. You've that ruined what cool. I was going I was going to say, it looks like Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah absolutely. See that coming down the road at night. Yeah, absolutely. Come on, I'm, I'm sporting yeah. the American Eagle in the background there. Come on. He does. Yeah. He, oh, really? Yeah. He does occasionally send me a video from his truck. Parked, of course, not from driving. Right? No, yeah. no, no, no. He'd, uh, ne- he'd never do that. No. With no. some good old country music and yeah, uh, some, uh, Americana yeah. music. Nice. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Oh, my anyway, goodness Anyway, Matt, you... <laughs> There you go, all our listeners. Well done. You have, you've got the next story, Matt. Which, have I? Um, right. Yes, I know. And uh, this one is a record-breaking story, just for right. a change. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so we've got, uh, it's autoevolution.com is the website. And the headline is Rolls-Royce 87,000 uh, HP gearbox sets, new world record, uh, and it could power an entire city. So one of the most important engine manufacturers in the world with a significant legacy in the aerospace industry. Rolls-Royce breaks the norm again with a new world aerospace record. Rolls-Royce has been developing its highly advanced ultra-fan aircraft engine as part of an effort to support sustainable aviation. According to the company's uh, estimates, it's going to take uh, time for this particular sector to transition to sustainable fuels, which will inevitably become with greater costs compared to traditional fuel, at least in the beginning. Highly efficient, innovative engines such as Ultrafan will become a an important factor in making this transition easier by increasing performance and reducing costs. An important component of the Ultrafan is the power gear box the pgb that has uh, recently set a new world record tests at the company's uh Dachwelt's, uh facility near berlin uh, demonstrated its ability to reach an astounding power level of eighty-seven thousand horsepower uh, or 67 uh, megawatts uh, enough to power a town the size of the British city Bath, which is 29 kilom- uh, kilometres squared. This performance uh, record marks a milestone in the development of the next generation en- aircraft engine. Thanks to the PGB, the ultrafan engine is 25% more if fuel efficient compared to the first generation of Rolls-Royce Trent engines. In fact, the PGB w- that uh, has what is called a planetary design and each planet can hold the force of a Trent XWB engine by enabling the rear turbine of the engine to run at high speed while the front fan runs at lower speed. This gearbox makes the engine more efficient at various thrust levels. Testing of this cutting edge gearbox began in 2017 at the dedicated test facility before this new record previous power test showed its ability to manage the equivalent power of an entire grid of Formula One cars. Uh, Other demonstrations included the uh, 
flight simulations with integrated gearbox through different flight phases. The record-breaking power gearbox is set to be de- delivered for the Ultrafan Demonstrator Engine UF001 by the end of the year. The first test of the next generation engine will be conducted entirely on sustainable fuels. Now, uh, Armando, what are, what are we thinking about this? I mean, it sounds quite... Um, I mean, it, it sounds exciting. I mean, is it genuinely, um, you know, a step forward? Oh, sure, sure, sure. The uh, So it's interesting that the power gearbox is just a portion of a jet engine. It could be a portion of a jet engine, a turbine engine, um, a couple of different uh, parts, right? So uh, the ability for the gearbox itself to have the capacity of 87,000 horsepower is is pretty significant that's not that won't be what the engine puts out at the end of the day right because you have a lot of loss in, in different uh parts of the engine as it's rotating when, when they're talking about the, the planetary gears it's you have to take things that are spinning really 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 fast and then and then reduce them down to pseudo really 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 fast and then that gets reduced down to a really fast um and in the case of turboprops, and that gets reduced down even more to uh, 1700 RPM. So it'll just be basic fast. <laughs> it'll be basic fast, yeah. It goes, I mean, in a turbine engine, it goes from somewhere around the 30, 40,000 RPM at the, at the power turbine to something like 1700 RPM. So it gets reduced wow. down a couple of times, right? Those, are, it, those numbers vary wildly depending on the engine. I'm, uh, those numbers are specific to, to the PT6. Right, which is your most common turboprop engine, mm. but these uh, the the ability for these gearboxes to to handle that much power coming through it is pretty significant. So that means that they can they can almost take the engine and design it around you know its its limitations, which is what engineers do anyways. But um, so so yeah, it's a it's a pretty big deal. I mean, <laughs> um, the and that just goes to materials manufacturing and engineering modern day. Uh, composite materials and additive manufacturing like that they're just man we just keep reaching for the sky to use an airplane pun for uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> and if anyone can do it it's going to be wrong well, well yeah yeah that is true that is true yeah. <laughs> so on to the next story and uh megan this uh, this one is all for you i've hijacked the show guys and i'm sorry and I'm also not sorry because I saw this this story and I know that it was supposed to probably be just like a final fun thing, but I have to go and pick up the child from school. So I'm going <laughs> to read the last story because it's super fun and then I'm out. <laughs> Fair enough. You, you've, you've stuck around longer than most. I'll give you that. <laughs> I wish I could stick around for the whole thing, but um, yeah, no, the child good. awaits. Fair enough. So uh, this is from NottinghamPost.com. This is a very interesting story about flying things. So police catch a pigeon at East Midlands Airport after an extensive chase. Police were called to the chase after a pigeon, which had gotten loose at East Midlands Airport. It was the airport police's first job on Wednesday, September 1st, as they managed to corner and catch the bird at the airport. The force then contacted the owner from Middlesbrough, 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 sure. Middlesbrough, no, and you're right, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough. Yeah, very good. And arranged for the pigeon to be collected. Of course. <laughs> East Midlands Airport Police said in a tweet, haha, 
Never a dull moment at East Midlands Airport. We are just full of puns. Never a dull moment at East Midlands Airport. First job was to catch that pigeon. After an extensive foot chase through the terminal, he was cornered and had nowhere to go. He then gave up without too much resistance. The owner from Middlesbrough was contacted and arranged its collection. The force added, we bet you didn't see that coming in yesterday's feather forecast. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps the police should have called on Dastardly and Muttley in their flying machines. (laughs) I feel like that's a British thing. You know what? what I feel like that was a side note and not part of the story. Uh, (laughs) Never a dull moment at East Midlands Airport. I feel like if they're catching a pigeon... And that's the highlight of their There's day. probably a lot of dull. There's probably a lot of dull. <laughs> dull. Not dull, just normal everyday moments. That's good in aviation. <laughs> you know? You've told me many times that aviation is a combination of uh, mostly boring yeah. flying with like moments of sheer terror. Yeah, that's pretty much The majority is just boring. Richard Adams has said in the chat room, stop the pigeon. Didn't we mention wacky races on last week's show? Here he is, like Dastardly and Muttley. One of my favourite cartoons, I will say, from back in the uh, 80s, Dastardly and Muttley. Stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon. Oh, we certainly didn't have it in Puerto Rico growing up. <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have to Google it. You'll have to Google yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, One of the best Dastardly cartoons ever, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just discovered Sky King, which was a show back in the 50s, I guess. So, yeah. Sky King? No, I don't mm, know yeah. that. What's this guy that? who goes around in a Cessna 310 and a twin, a twin bonanza, like what rescuing people in California. He's a king. Sky King. Yeah. Sky- <laughs> wow. Okay. Good. No, no. What's our, his our, lineage? Our, 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 <laughs> wow. <laughs> our chat room will know. You're right. Okay. Never heard of it. No, but then you know, stop the pigeon. That's all I've got to say. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, we go. you know what? Thank you to the East Midlands. Airport police for catching uh, the pigeon. Quite an important Absolutely. job. Very important the, job. Yeah. Never yes. mind. Yeah. Never mind all the burglars and the criminals and the stabbings and all that kind of thing. As long as the pigeon is safe, that's the main thing. Hey. Exactly. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> It was recovered. Right. It was yes. recovered. Good. Yes, without yeah, no, that's, too much resistance. That's fair enough. Yes. Never. You know. Never mind. That you know. That anyway. No. No. Political. Stop it, Smith. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> do you want to take uh, the next? Uh, Indeed. Story? I think we better say goodbye to our lovely guest, though. Yeah, we better say goodbye. Know, Thanks so for sorry. joining us, yeah. Megan. It was so good to be here. Thanks for letting me crash the party. For Absolutely. A Anytime, Megan. We'll see Anytime. you again soon. Hopefully, yeah. Bye, yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. See you later. Bye, chat. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> she just fell off and, the chair. And there she was off. Into yeah, things on absolutely. the way Absolutely. Okay, so... Uh, I'm actually so- going to say a quick hello, actually, to uh, to Katie, who's joined us in the chat room. Oh, is she? Oh. GB. GB's model zone as well. Hello to you. Oh, Thank very you for good. Joining us yes. In the is, chat room. Is that, is, that, is that producer Katie? Is it? That's producer Katie. Is yeah, she's joined oh, us in the chat very room. Very good. Yes. Okay. Oh, blimey. Best behavior, Matt. Well, Best I, behavior. I can say, are we in trouble? Is that why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I'm, I spend most of my life in trouble, it seems. Uh, anyway, so uh, uh, so what's this? This is the chaviation.com is the next story. And the headline is Kazakhstan's Scat Airlines. Oh, Nevis never here when you need him, is he? Uh, <laughs> adds first. Boeing 737 MAX 9. Seriously, is this an actual aircraft? Anyway, Scat Airlines took delivery of its first 737-9 on August the 27th, 2021. Uh, UP Bravo 3-7. He's gone. Carlos is gone. You, <laughs> that's it. He's gone. Look. <laughs> You're right there. I'm you, fine. <laughs> good, lovely. Anyway, who would call their airline Scat Airline? What's wrong with people? Uh, <coughs> anyway, uh, 
<laughs> UPB3726, come on, let's be professional, Wells ferried from Seattle Boeing Airfield uh, to, via Reykjavik uh, and Istanbul uh, to uh, Shimkent in uh, August 28th, but has yet to be deployed into revenue service for the CAS, uh, for the CASCAR um, carrier. Freight Radar 24ADS-B data shows uh, SCAT has yet to file schedules for the type, although it is said it would begin operating the aircraft within a week. The jet is configured for up to 213 passengers in a single class layout. Uh, the newly delivered Dash 9 joins SCAT 737-8, which the aircraft took in March 2018 and reactivated after a nearly two-year grounding in February 2021. The carrier has a further four Boeing 737 MAX on firm order from Boeing, all of which are our Dash 9 variants deliveries are scheduled over the next two years. Besides the two 737 MAX aircraft, SCAT Airlines also operates five 737-300s, three 737-500s, one 737-700, two 737-800s, four 757-200s, one 767-300ER, and seven CRJ-200s, uh, the CH Aviation Fleet's advanced module shows well i think we did quite well to get through that there's a lot of numbers in there isn't there a lot of, <laughs> lot of numbers a lot also, of numbers indeed also it's good to see some more airlines uh, taking on the the max i know it's yeah, had its absolutely. issues but um, yeah, yeah uh... i think it's starting to win back some um praise from the airlines now i did read a thing online actually um this week that um there was an, an airline in the us that, that had been reviewing the mm. fuel uh, saving figures for yeah. the max and that th- it was it was quite big it was quite a high percentage mm. of uh money they'd saved per seat mile uh using yeah. the max as opposed to the standard um you know the original uh, engined yeah. 737 so it does save money and it's more fuel efficient so yeah. that's always good certainly agreed there so amando you've got the next story and uh, you guys are having some serious water issues over in the u.s right now mm. oh yeah we've had hurricanes we've had tropical storms we've got fires going on out west it's uh, pretty much a nicholas cage movie in the united states right now <laughs> um, let's see this next story is from businessinsider.com united airlines canceled hundreds of flights after severe flooding at the newark airport in the terminal ramp and baggage areas so the remnants of hurricane ida brought severe flooding to the airport on wednesday leaving a river of water throughout the terminal baggage area and the ramp. United Airlines was forced to cancel. This is one of their hubs, uh, is is Newark. But uh, they were forced to cancel hundreds of flights on Wednesday and Thursday, according to FlightAware, leaving passengers stranded at the flooded airport. So they said, uh, due to conditions at Newark Liberty Airport resulting from the overnight severe weather in the region, we have temporarily suspended operations our teams at Newark are working to assist our customers and expect to resume flights later this afternoon, depending on the conditions at the time. So according to National Weather Service, the, air, the airport got over three inches of rain uh, in one hour between 8 and 9 p.m. on Tuesday night and eight inches of total on Wednesday uh, in Newark. Most of the canceled flight activity was, of course, United Airlines, which it has a major operating base out of this airport. Some passengers on Twitter voiced their frustration over the challenges of reaching United customer service amid the chaos. Many expressed 
uh, distaste of the airline's lack of communication over how to retrieve their luggage or change flights. Um, there's a couple tweets in there. Um, please, people, be patient. If an airport is flooded, trust me, they got bigger problems on their hands than your carry-on luggage. Uh, just, you know, sometimes you just got to smile at people. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is huge, right? Everything yeah, is running remote. underground. You've got power lines. You've yeah. got electricity, communications, fuel lines. Everything is, is running underground at a major airport like Newark. And uh, including some tunnels uh, for the baggage cars to go through for uh, emergency services like all these things are, are are running through there the air traffic control uh ground the surface radars mm. which are on top of each terminal their communications are running underground so so i mean i mean a- i mean taking it away from aviation for a moment if i may i mean obviously you've got the subway in new york as well i mean that must that must have some severe issues going on as well Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, these these weather systems create just absolute havoc mm. in 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 all of transportation yeah. and emergency services and and public utilities and things like that. But um, mm. yeah, you know, it's 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 the safest thing to do. Not not to mention, you know, from an aviation standpoint, standing water on a ramp is 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 very difficult to navigate around with the with the ground service equipment. To, you know all your tugs and baggage carts and all that stuff but landing on in those conditions extends your takeoff and landing rolls uh, significantly so absolutely the safest thing to do is just shut things down for a couple hours and and figure out where you're going to go from there but true i was going to ask true. a question Armando, which you might know how how far above um or isl is is newark it's not much i, I think newark's probably 30 40 feet uh, maximum mm. All oh, right. Wow. I just wonder whether it's set in quite a low area of uh, of the U.S. I saw. Well, uh, Newark Airport is is right on. Somebody is going to correct me. I think it's the Hudson River because the East River is on the on the east side of Manhattan. So I think it's right on the uh, Hudson River, which is at sea level. It all empties out right into um, into the the bay there. Mm. Yeah, it looked. Um, there's many, a lot of videos and stuff circulating on social media showing various uh, sort of pictures and stuff from the airport. Seven, and, um, 17 feet for KEWR, 17 feet above sea. Wow, wow, it's not. That's not. Uh, that's that not. So tall, yeah, I mean, so there's no. a there's a lot of water, but it, it wouldn't take much if you like for it to to have a, an effect, would it? Because that that's not that's not very high. <laughs> well, yeah, but but this could happen at any airport. I mean, New, Newark is mm. is right next to. The water just like jfk is just like laguardia is just like boston logan boston logan is half the airport sits out in the water um but the 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 problem here was the amount of rainfall that's just you know going through through the drainage systems and and pooling up under the buildings you guys have seen these i mean even stansted if you go to stansted mm-hmm. as you're um walking from uh from sort of the main terminal to that satellite uh, Ryanair terminal yeah. or EasyJet terminal, you you can see how many tunnels, yeah. including the the train, goes below ground level. So, regardless of sea level, the, this amount of water would create havoc. Anyway. Oh, absolutely, and and of course, you know, you, you uh, even places like Dubai. I mean, I I've seen uh, 
pictures i think it was it around about the 200th and, and one of my friends actually sent some pictures in and it was you know they, they were at the airport um it, you know the main one that emirates flies into and out of and uh you know the underground car park was all just because it just random flash flooding and suddenly the underground car park was you know they're pushing you know they're pushing cars through waters because they won't start and and stuff like that as you say because yeah. all airports rely heavily on what's underneath it not just what we what we mm. see yeah so, moving on to the next story. And as if things couldn't get any worse for passengers, this airline is shrinking the size of its seats. Oh, good. So, this one comes from onemileatatime.com and uh, Porter Airlines, which is over in Armando's neck of the woods, uh, introducing the world's lightest seats. Um, the Porter Airlines has updated the interiors of its fleet of 29 Bombardier Q400 aircraft. The most significant change is that these aircraft will now feature the new Taisi E2 from LP Seat, marketed as being the world's lightest aircraft seat. With this, the airline has also added an additional row of seats to each plane. Blimey. Uh, Porter Airlines Q400s used to feature 74 seats with a 32-inch of pitch. Uh, Porter Airlines uh, Q400s now feature 78 seats. That's an increase of four seats with a 30-inch of pitch. Uh, the airline claims that the slim design of the seats enhances the legroom, since seat pitch doesn't measure legroom, but rather how much space the seat takes up. In addition to these thin seats, allowing Porter to squeeze more, in, more seats in, the airline also highlights that they are roughly 50% lighter than the previous seats and reduce aircraft weight by around £1,000. The airline expects this will reduce the annual fuel consumption by around 500,000 litres and the corresponding CO2 emissions by around 1,200 metric tonnes. In addition to the new seats, Port Airlines has also added new carpeting, lavatory enhancements, and <laughs> new sideboards and updated LED lighting. Now, Matt has got a couple of pictures. One of um, the original seats that Porter had uh, on their Q400s and one of these new slimline, fancy, lightweight seats. And I think if you look there on the screen now, you'll see the old uh, seats in tier. Now, I mean, they so, look so nice. So just, just describe the old seats for those who are listening so, to the audio. So version. for those who are listening to the audio podcast, the old seats look really nicely well padded, plenty of nice supple kind of spongy mm. padding on the seats. The um, the, the collars of the seats are, are, are stick out quite. They're quite a thick seat, so obviously plenty of um, padding in these. Mm. And then if we switch to the new interior seats. They're better um, than I thought. I mean, you can see they're visually a lot thinner. In the I mean, backs. I won't fit in it, um, um, but <laughs> but you can you can honestly see the difference between those two. I mean, these seats look like half as padded out as mm. the original seats. Um, so I, I mean, it I mean, is, I get that they want to save weight and stuff. Save weight, yeah, yeah. I, I get that, but I mean, come on. I mean, it's just like. I suppose the only saving grace is these aircraft are, I think, um, Armando will, 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 if I'm wrong, point out, but these are kind of commuter aircraft that are used for short flights, so you're not going to be sitting on these aircraft for sort of five or six hours. I guess, but... <sighs> well, so what's interesting is Porter runs... So they're, they're mainly based in Toronto, the Toronto downtown airport, and they have mostly destinations in Ontario and a uh, couple in New Brunswick and and uh, Newfoundland, I think. Um but you could find yourself a couple hours on this because they actually run service to Chicago, Boston, Myrtle Beach, 
uh, Myrtle Beach is nowhere near Toronto, um, Newark, as we were just talking about, and Washington, D.C. And I believe they were operating out of such a, a small airport, um, not the major airport in Toronto, that they, they, for weight and balance purposes and performance, despite the Q400 being traditionally a stole airplane, short takeoff and landing, they actually had to reduce the number of seats to 70 um, for a couple of flights instead of 78. Mm-hmm. Um, so... With these lighter seats, they can go back up to 78 by saving a couple hundred pounds just on aluminum and foam and trim and things like that. So they all know what they're doing. The money guy always knows what he's doing in these airline industry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, you know, sometimes they sort of forget that people have actually got to sit on these things. I'm sorry, the who? The the humans. You remember (laughs) the humans? The humans that, that, you know, that are paying for this stupid thing in the first place. Oh, I, I, I've just, I just put just put in the chat room there. There's a conversation going in there, and I just put in there that you know, for me, the worst. I think the worst seating was on on uh, Virgin Atlantic's A330. Really? Okay. Flew on right. In economy, and um, those seats were like, jeez, not great. Uh, they yeah. were not great. No, not okay. not for the length of flight that we were on yeah. anyway. With those, they were pretty Indeed. hideous. Yeah, indeed. Okay, let's move on um, to so the next story. story. Yes. Yeah, uh, Matt, this is great. I chose this um, right. especially for you because I knew oh. you'd love this. Uh-huh. But- uh huh. <laughs> so the headline says the ten things that annoy us most after a holiday. So this is from the Derby Telegraph. Be interesting to hear Armando's take on some <laughs> of these as well. Landing on home soil to an empty fridge has been revealed as the biggest annoyance for Brits when returning from holiday, according to brand new research by EasyJet, followed by a mountain of post-holiday washing, 67%, and unpacking suitcases, 62%. The research was commissioned as the uh, airline launches a brand new food delivery partnership with Uber Eats to help its hungry passengers coming home from holiday flights in September and help alleviate the leading post-holiday annoyance. As part of the partnership, EasyJet and Uber have created a special post-holiday fridge filler menu from from Sainsbury's, which uh, means uh, weary post-holiday passengers can order the top post-holiday cupboard and fridge essentials with zero stress all right so shall we shall we whiz through this top 10 then um sh- shall i just do it shall i just oh, yeah let, yeah let, go on man okay, so is it, a top, is it a top 10 or it's, a bottom 10 uh, well i don't know i suppose <laughs> yeah yeah indeed it's uh yeah so top the, 10 most annoying yeah. uh, most annoying annoyances for brits with number one being the most annoying i think is what yeah. we're doing so yeah. uh if you'll indulge me then Right, so I'll kick us off then. So in at number 10, the most annoying things for Brits when they come home from holiday, it's watering the plants in the garden. At number nine, it's bringing dead houseplants back to life. That's one of the... That's uh, unexpected, isn't it? That's number nine. Armando, number eight, if you please. Yes, I can relate to this one in at number eight. Jet lag. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's new at number seven. Uh, Gemma's favourite, dusting around the house. <laughs> Fresh in at number six is adjusting to the British weather. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> All right, number five. Uh, worst thing to do coming home from a trip, opening and going through the post or the mail. Yeah, Most of which are circulars. Well, it's always yeah. blooming bills as well. That's mm. the thing, isn't it? Anyway, uh, number four. Oh, number Catching four. up with lots of emails. Isn't that the truth? You come home with 140 emails. But I must admit, 
I've always got data, so I've usually done my emails by the time I come home. Uh, number three, uh, I actually enjoy this one personally. Yeah, but you're we- you also enjoy ironing, so you, you're not I normal. I enjoy ironing. Yeah. Uh, this one is uh, number three, unpacking your suitcase. That was 62%. Right. Indeed. Number two, having to tackle a mountain of post-holiday washing. And we'll leave I, number one. I enjoy one. that one as well. Yeah, I know, you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> and bringing it in at number one, uh, the reason for this story is returning to an empty fridge with no food in it. So go over to Sainsbury's and pick yourself up the post-holiday fridge filler menu. <laughs> now, can I can I just say, me and me and Gemma have got this absolutely nailed because when we go on holiday, well, when we used to, I mean, many years ago now, when Do you things were normal. Do you remember when? Yeah. Um, when we go on holiday, we employ a certain person called Matt Smith Hello. to live in our house. Yes, which means when we come home. All of those things, well, pretty much all of those things, are all done. I mean, there is that, yeah. I mean, I've I, and I've usually done the like even my bed laundry by the time you come home as well. To be fair, so I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fairly good guest. The only the only thing that he has missed on there is because the of course the the top annoyance, which is the empty fridge. I have usually emptied your fridge by the time you come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we still tick the box there. It has to be said. For oh, me, it's cleaning. I hate. I will. I will deep clean the house before a trip so i can come home to a clean house i like it we've got, yeah. we've got some great ones yeah. in the chat room on. uh, richard adams uh, says his one is coming home at all yeah that, i mean yeah, there is that agree with you. Yeah, um, yeah i'll give you that uh, nick codling has uh, got another brilliant one here uh, for nick codling from him it's getting to the return airport only for it to be full of other Brits, <laughs> I mean that that is definitely a a, a, a lose there. It's uh, is I, it, I mean Armando, this is this is the most random thing yeah. here. Got nothing to do with any anything here. I mean, is so for for us, it's like coming home and finding you know it's a bit like you know the Germans pinching the best loungers. Do you know what I mean? It's that sort of thing. Is there is there a sort of like a a pet peeve of like you know a nation that you're just like oh really. Well, you know, it's a bit, you know, a bit like rude Russians, you know, in a restaurant, that sort of thing. No, 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 I, absolutely not. I, I will say I, I agree with him. I, I agree with Nick because one of the worst things to do or that could happen is to get to this beautiful destination. You're, you know, you're in Bratislava or you're in Zurich or mm. you're in uh, Milan. And then all you hear is American voices, <laughs> like all the tourists. And it's just and then you realize that those are the people that bring uh, the money, therefore, they cater to them, to yeah. all the tourists, and then yeah, you yeah, yeah. realize that you're actually not in for the an experience, authentic experience you were at all. For. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Right. Okay, we need to uh, press on because I'm determined yep. to get finished. Because so, somebody has an anniversary to go to. I know. So I we do. Need to, we need to. So get that is uh, where we bring yeah. <laughs> the commercial news to us uh, close. So our next part of the show then uh, that we've got for you this week is obviously our caption this just for fun that we run on our facebook page so for you those of you who do follow us on facebook hopefully you all follow us on facebook plain talking uk uh, will know on a wednesday um all being well i post a certain picture or a picture of something aviation related and what we do is we ask you to look at that picture and caption it with your wittiest and most funniest comment and uh, this week we posted a picture of uh, well matt's going to put up pop it up on the screen and uh, armando for the benefit of our our listeners just what is this picture showing oh well without ruining some of the captions uh this appears to be the fuselages of 
new 737s uh, being either dumped into a river. It looks like it's somewhere in the Pacific Northwest where uh, there's beautiful pine trees. There's a steep hill. There's a river going through it. I actually don't know what's going on in this picture. <laughs> Other than there are three 737 fuselages being dumped into yeah. a river. No wings or anything. No wings, no engines, no nothing. Yeah. It, this must be some kind of test facility because they're on little ramps as well, aren't they? If you, if you yeah, look well, actually, just yeah. before, we, before we read out the names, this was actually a story that we ran uh, back in 2014. Was and it? This, yeah, this was a story we ran in 2014. And this was a, de- a train de- a derailment in Montana. What? And this happened or Montana, Montana, oh. Montana. And uh, this was a shipment of uh, Boeing 737 fuselages uh, that were coming from uh, a oh. factory on their way to the Washington factories uh, for Spirit Aerosystems. And uh, these had an unfortunate accident. And it derailed, basically. And it derailed. A total of 19 cars in the 90 train uh, derailed in the incident, which happened around 18 miles uh, east of Superior, Montana. Wow. Uh, So there we go. There we go. Looks like I was in the dark. Our chat room knows exactly what this right. is. There's <laughs> multiple people in the yeah, chat yeah, room absolutely. who know exactly Captain what it is. Captain Cruz, Mile High, Masha. Yeah, he's going to put in this. Uh, sna- <laughs> I like Richard's comment, but uh, we'll perhaps come back to that in a minute. So I'll, I'll so start there. Yeah, Go on, so, start us off. So first off, Mike W says, the first Boeing airliners emerge from the uh, primordial <laughs> soup and begin to crawl onto land. Uh, <laughs> Richard K says... The now abandoned Boeing water park ah. never never quite lived up to, <laughs> to expectation. <laughs> uh, Steve V says, "No, they're not lost. They're just merely uncertain of their position." <laughs> uh, Dario says, "More bin liners, bin liners needed to clean up this particular mess." Uh, <laughs> uh, the lovely Jenny in Rome says. What on earth's going on? Yeah. I think that might have just been a comment to the actual picture, to be fair. A great comment anyway, Jenny. (laughs) My thoughts exactly, Jenny. (laughs) What on earth is going on? Yeah. Uh, One of you guys has to do this next one. And in in David Attenborough's voice. What? uh, That wasn't David. Here we have some infant, (laughs) not even fully developed bearings, drinking and playing at the watering hole. There we go. That's my best. David Attenborough voice. There we go. I mean, <laughs> that's essentially a national treasure that's just been trounced here on the podcast. Oh uh, my! I mean, it should be Dirk. much. It should be much more. And here we see. <laughs> you just ruined it as well. Yeah, anyway, right. oh, I'm on yes. <laughs> Dirk S says, "I told you it was a bad idea to bring in those Airbuses. They're invading the whole ecosystem now." <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, Jonathan Warner says it w- wasn't me. <laughs> Uh, Nick A, can't think who this Nick A must be. Anyway, Nick A says the oh, wait, blub. You have to do it in in your best Nick A voice. <laughs> no, not my best again. Yeah. Um, the blubber bulged Boeings are beached by big bellies. No, 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 no. It was, it's not David Attenborough again. <laughs> oh, I, I... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and finally. <laughs> Laura, Laura, yeah, Laura go, on. go on then. Who's it? Uh, Laura, I'll, I'll Laura H says, if only we had arms and legs, we would be out of here in no time. <laughs> Very true. Um, we got a few in the uh, in the, in the chat room. Mm. Uh, Richard Adams says, at least they're going green. That's true. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, Richard I... Adams says, snakes 
are the planes rather than just, just on them? <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. Oh, no. Oh, I don't know. Epic but uh, thank you for that, everyone. Yeah, uh, epic very picture, much by the way. Uh, Captain Crew says, well done on the picture. Not, I'd heard about it, but not seen it before. Oh, hello. Here we go. Uh, our Uncle Micah has been in touch. Look, millions of years ago, the first Boeings climbed from the primordial ooze to become land-based creatures. To be fair, the, the, the 737 <laughs> is, is quite an old uh, uh, project is. airframe now. So yeah. he's probably, you know. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> so thank you to everyone who, who commented this week. Don't forget to look out next next Wednesday on Facebook uh, for the next instalment on our caption this picture. Indeed. Uh, so that'll be next week. So uh, I think it's time to hand things over to Armando. All right, guys. Despite our best efforts, we still have a little bit of time for military. So, Matt, if you're ready, hit the button. You know, guys, I, I just realized what happened here. Megan had to leave just in time for the military. So even she's not a fan. My goodness. Um, let's see. Your own uh, wife can't bear it. I know. Her and Nev are probably texting right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with with uh, Captain Al jumping in here and there as well. Yeah, it's okay. The loyalists will, will stick with us. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anyways, from DefenseNews.com, uh, after the Afghanistan evacuation mission, the UK RAF is still not re-examining its plans to retire its C-130s. The arduous airlift demands of the Af Afghanistan evacuation mission haven't changed the UK RAF's plans to its uh, retire its C-130s by 2023, according to its top officer, who said on August 27th, this is the first large-scale operation that we've done with our A-400s, and it demonstrated that this is an aircraft with real potential and enormous capability. It flies much higher and much faster, carries a greater payload than the C-130, so, as every month goes by, my confidence in that decision grows. That's uh, from RAF Air Chief Marshal Mike Wigston in an interview with Defense News. Well, the RAF ultimately transported more than 15,000 people out of Kabul from August 14th to August 28th, according to the Ministry of Defense. Uh, Wigston, who visited the United States last week to attend the space uh, symposium, spoke to Defense News on Friday evening during the last hours of the UK's presence in Afghanistan. At that point, the RAF had evacuated about 8,500 Afghans, an estimated 4,500 UK passport or visa holders, and 1,500 people from other nations, according to uh, Wigston. About 500 to 1,000 others awaited the last RAF flights out of Kabul. Um, he continued on, to say we have stopped taking in new people for processing over the next few hours, those 500 to 1,000 people uh, remaining will be taken out. At that stage, our evacuation operation will have come to an end, and we will focus on getting our people out safely. The RAF used about 15 aircraft during this evacuation mission with half staged forward, transporting passengers from Kabul to other cities in the Middle East and the other planes conducting flights from those cities to the United Kingdom. Over the two-week period, aircraft spotters frequently documented British C-17s, A-400s, and C-130s moving in and out of the airspace at Hamid Karzai International Airport. Now, in March, 
the defense ministry announced that as uh, part of a command review, it would retire the RAF's remaining uh, 14 C-130Js by 2023, which are admittedly not that old. Uh, 22 A-400Ms alongside eight, uh, C-17s will provide a more capable and flexible transport fleet. That's according to the U uh, UK Defense Secretary Ben Wallace. Uh, despite the C-130s offering additional airlift cap uh, capacity, Wixton said that there is no need for the RAF to revisit its current retirement plans. Um, it is with heavy heart that we retire the C-130s in two years time because it's been an absolute workhorse. But I have absolute confidence in the A-400 and what that aircraft is able to do going forward. So far, the Airbus, uh, there have been 20 Airbus A-400Ms uh, delivered to the RAF. Uh, uh, continuing on with a little bit of a story from Afghanistan, this is C-130 related. Um, hours after the U.S. military officially withdrew from Afghanistan, some videos first uh, surfaced of Taliban fighters celebrating at the Kabul airport. Uh, the militants can be seen sitting inside cockpits of airplanes and helicopters uh, that the U.S. provided to the Afghan Air Force. So while the U.S. Uh, was able to get most of the equipment out of the country, uh, much of it was left there abandoned and rendered inoperable. Uh, the Pentagon said they can inspect the in equipment all they want. They can look at them. They can walk around, but they can't fly them. Uh, they can't operate them. We made sure to demilitarize and make unusable all of the gear that is at the airport, all of the aircraft, the ground vehicles. The only thing that we left operable are fire trucks and some forklifts that the air so that the airport itself can remain operational going forward. Um, there you go. And And there was additional videos that have come out recently about uh, helicopters being abandoned and you can see some Cessna caravans and some Tucanos that uh, were essentially just rendered inoperable and it doesn't take very much to do that it uh, you know there's there's such complex aircraft um, that all you need to do is re remove a couple parts or destroy a couple parts and uh, it's a bit it's a bit like a rifle without the firing pin you know you can't you can't really do anything with it um, so that so there's no danger of, of those aircraft being used against uh, the people of, of Afghanistan. I will say we were, we were lucky enough or where we abate where me and Matt living here in the UK we're lucky enough to have quite a good amount of these we actually had a couple of these come over C-130s fly over um, early this week actually right over where I work um, which is very off-putting when you're trying to concentrate on something um, <laughs> but there, there is a very distinctive noise that these C that the C-130 makes uh, in my view it sounds completely different to um, pretty much everything else in the air I think anything Armando oh yeah oh yeah I mean there's an old joke that says these are the four fans of freedom um, <laughs> but uh, yeah the C-130s uh, the J model specifically has only been around for oh I guess 20 years, 20 years yeah. uh, from its inception, but a lot of them were delivered in, in the mid 2000s. Um, so they're, they're not tremendously old. No, uh, much no. like we said about some of the 757s, I think these C-130Js will probably get sold off or maybe bought back from, from the UK, from the RAF, uh, or may end up in um, some other air forces that can now uh, acquire them at a much cheaper cost. Mm. Indeed. So moving on to the next story, which comes from aljazeera.com. 
And uh, this is, I'm actually moving on from something old to something even older. This uh, next aircraft first flew in 1972. It's nearly 50 years old. Uh, Qatar receives first batch of US-made F-15 combat planes. So Qatar, or Qatar, Qatar, whatever you want to call it, has received its first batch of the new generation F-15 combat aircraft produced by the US and Boeing in a partnership with the Gulf state. The rollout took, or rollout took place on Wednesday in a ceremony at Boeing's headquarters in the US state of Missouri with the Qatari Minister of State and Defense Affairs Khalid bin Mohammed Al-Tataya in attendance. Uh, the minister said Qatar is a acquiring the aircraft for defence purposes, adding that the new aircraft have better combat specifications and are faster than the old F-15s. The rollout of the F-15QA is momentous, uh, momentous not just in terms of capability, but also in terms of enhanced partnership it represents, US media reporter General Greg Gillot, uh, commander of the 9th Air Force, as saying uh, at the event. The relationship the United Air States has uh, with Qatar is critical to the stability and security of the central command area of responsibility. And we are grateful for our coalition partners' continued focus on building inoperability and combined readiness, he added. Uh, Qatar signed agreements to buy warplanes from the US and some European nations in 2017 after a political dispute broke out between it and its neighbours, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, Egypt and Bahrain. After the feuding, Gulf nations imposed a blockade on Doha as uh, it agreed with the Washington and Boeing to produce at least 30 aircraft equipped with the latest technical means. Experts say the new F-15 QA fighter jets are among the best in terms of speed and manoeuvrability during offensive and defensive missions. Boeing has provided maintenance and logistics support for Qatar F-15 QA program during the pre-delivery pilot training, which began earlier this year. In addition, Boeing will establish and operate an air crew and maintenance training center for the Qatar Emery Air Force at Al Uad Air Base through 2024, while also providing in-country spares and logistics support once aircraft are delivered, according to US media reports. Now, it's not bad, considering, as I said, this aircraft first flew in 1972. Mm. Uh, there have been the A, the B model, the C model, the D, the J, the D and the J, and now this Q and A model. Um, but uh, actually introducing the service, Matt, in 1976. Good year, that. Good year, yeah. that was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, uh, this F-15 QA is actually, uh, it's an upgraded version of the F-15E uh, Strike Eagle, and it's similar if not identical to the F-15SA, which has been delivered to Saudi Arabia, uh, as you can see, SAQA. Uh, but these aircraft are, are upgraded with uh, their digital uh, flight systems, digital sort of uh, fly-by-wire control systems. They have upgraded electronics warfare suites, some um, infrared suites, and a uh, little bit different radars. So they're, they're uh, just as capable, if not a little bit more capable than the standard F-15E and uh with these contracts as kind of the story says you know they'll 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 include uh the aircraft themselves but then there's weapons there's training there's ground support there's operational support um so it's pretty pretty big deal for for uh, qatar to have these these aircraft as part of their inventory actually just looking at the comments miles high made in the chat room just now 
And uh, yeah, for, we're just talking about this aircraft and uh, it spurred a, a thought in people's heads that apparently, according to news I saw this week and apparently according to news that uh, Miles High saw this week, as many people have seen, the new Top Gun film has been put back oh, again. not again. It's like the 460 oh. millionth time now that this film has been put back. I noticed, I noticed the, Bond, the new Bond film is finally coming out at the end of the month. I'm quite excited about that. Yeah, well, this um, uh, new that's Top Gun film is due to come out in November this yeah. year. But, but why have they done um, it again? Apparently, they the report that I read online this week said it was due to the, the rising amount of COVID-19 cases in the US. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Which kind of made me think, well, well, I'm hoping to watch it in this country. Um, yeah, but they won't then because uh, it's too big. It's because they, the US yeah. guys they want you yeah. guys want to see the film before we do. That's yeah, what it is. I know they moment, they don't like it, it when hey? it's the other way around. That's hey? what it is. Yeah, maximum profit. Uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Mark Webber right. Webster is saying, uh, de- you know, delayed again. I had plan. I had planned uh, that night. You got a date, a date for planned. that night. Nice work. <laughs> nice work, Mark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> you know what? I also had a planned date night to go watch Top Gun, and I also bought Megan a new book to take. With me to the movie theater, right? So that she, uh, right? Yes, okay. Well, that, that's nice because she counts can, as quality time together, right? Okay, she can read in the dark, right? She eats lots of carrots. Yeah, actually, actually, Matt, you know, you know this. Gemma thoroughly enjoyed the Top Gun film. Yes, yes, I know, but uh, she she watches it for slightly different reasons to oh, what you watch. I thought it she for. enjoyed the aviation content. Yes, of course, that's exactly. Yeah, if you, if you want to think that, Carlos, that's fine. Let's We're going to move on though. Let's uh, just say she's <laughs> a volleyball enthusiast. Yes, that's it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that, that, there was nothing to enjoy there at all. Uh, okay. Story number three in the military, uh, he says, moving on rapidly before we end up being sued or something, um, is uh, f- the headline is Nigerian Air Force Super Tuscanos uh, ready oh, to... F- Super Tucanos ready to fight against ISIS with US Air Force training. Uh, so the Nigerian Air Force has uh, has about a squadron's worth of light attack aircraft, their pilots and maintainers uh, trained by the US Air Force personnel to fight terrorists in the African nation. Uh, U.S. Africa Command noted the induction ceremony for the A-25 Super Tucano, a turboprop aircraft, light attack aircraft in an August 31 release. So far, 64 pilots and uh, maintenance crews with the Nigerian Air Force have trained at Moody Air Force. Force Base uh, Georgia with the U.S. Air Force's 81st Fighter Squadron, according to the release. The Super Tucano can conduct intelligence, surveillance and reconnaissance missions and precision air-to-ground strikes, according to the Africa Command Base. Nigeria had long sought the aircraft for use uh, in its fight against uh, Boko Haram uh, militants and the ISIS West Africa branch, which threatens threatens Nigeria's security. Uh, the U.S. Uh, approved the scale of A-29s to Nigeria, a package that included training, munitions, related equipment and logistics and um, maintenance support. It also included multi-year construction to improve uh, the air base. Uh, the $500 million deal is the largest foreign military sales program in 
in sub-Saharan Africa, according to the AFRICOM news release. The A29 is a prime tool to help Nigeria combat violent extremism and is vital to sustained deterrence, said General uh, Jeff Harrigan, U.S. Air Forces in Europe Air uh, forces Africa commander blimey uh, the total package deal air crew and maintainer training uh, precision guided weapon uh, delivery and more highlights our enduring partnership with the Nigerian Air Force and our commitment to enabling their successes where we can gosh that's have um... you fly have you flown one of the had a chance to fly one of these yet Armando uh, no, I've never flown a Super Tucana. There's one out at Reno. Um, every year I lurk around their aircraft, uh, hoping to get a uh, ride in the backseat or something like that. Usually I lurk around with, with a semblance of a camera and a microphone, hoping that they'll just make eye contact with me and then I can just walk over and talk to them about it. So since Reno is here in two weeks, I will do the same this year again and lurk around their Super Tucano to get a backseat ride. <laughs> Uh, back but, seat. So you'd be a front seat. Well, it depends on the instructor and how much they trust me and this trustworthy face. <laughs> Do they not know who you are? Yeah. <laughs> yes, and they let him in the let back me, despite that. That's the. Mm. That's... Let me let me tell you, I'm a big old nobody at the Reno Air Races. There are some amazing pilots. I've talked yeah. about it a hundred times uh, from all different backgrounds, from military pilots, commercial pilots, private pilots. Everybody's uh, out there uh, just doing uh, amazing things in airplanes. Mm. But uh, sticking with the Super Tucano, it's a, it's an airplane as we have mentioned over the past, oh geez, almost two years, three years now on the show, uh, the Air Force was looking at a light attack, the U.S. Air Force light attack aircraft. Um, the Super Tucano was pretty much fitting the bill. Um, for whatever reason, they didn't they didn't uh, uh, purchase it. But but one of the biggest reasons that they were looking at it is because it's an exportable aircraft. It's an aircraft mm -hmm. that is simple to operate. Uh, cheap to operate and can have some pretty significant capabilities for an aircraft uh sorry for a uh, an air force that that may not have the you know the the advanced technology and training systems for aircraft but uh uh yeah so there you go so the nigerians getting the super tucano is is a uh, pretty big in their fight against uh, the terrorist mm. troops boko haram Actually, just quickly before we move on, I was just looking at uh, reading up about this, um, the particular aircraft. And according to the, the stats from the site, they reckon this aircraft, the structure is corrosion protected, um, which is, is a good idea. And also it says here that the uh, side hinged canopy has a windshield able to withstand bird strike impacts of up to 310 miles per hour. Ouch. Mm. Yeah, I would, that's pretty good for a small turboprop. I, I think a lot yeah. of uh, military aircraft are probably rated to similar standards, but mm. the, the Tucano is essentially just a big general aviation aircraft. I mean, mm. all of these oh. things were based on the, you know, the, the PC-7, the PC-9, the Pilatus, the um, Super Tucano, the Texan. They're all real similar aircraft. Mike is just saying in the chat room here, I thought the USAF uh, made it very clear they didn't want to purchase the Super Tucano. Yeah, I, the, I think they and Sierra Nevada put a, a pretty good fight for the Texan too, um, because the Air Force already had, I don't know how many dozens and dozens of them for primary flight training and advanced flight training. So I think it was only a natural decision for uh, the U.S. Air Force to to go with an attack version of the 
of an American airplane, basically, mm. despite the Super Tucano's uh, amazing capabilities. But we've seen that happen with the Airbus. You know, we were uh, we were going to buy an Airbus tanker, the MRTT. Um, but at the end of the day, the KC sixty seven, right? The the seven sixty seven. Yeah, yeah. one out. So. Yeah, I'm kind of with Mike on this one. Sometimes your taxpayer decisions up in the Pentagon don't make sense. <laughs> but with the last story, we've got good news for anyone who's got some money down the back of the sofa. Oh, guilt, right. Uh, who wants to take that? I can take this. Yeah, it was supposed to be Matt, just because I wanted him to continue reading military acronyms. But Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I, 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 can, I can do it. Yes, okay. So uh, fancy owning a World War II Canadian Air Force base. Uh, this is warbirdnews.com. And uh, who among us hasn't entertained the idea of owning a former World War II airfield complete with hangars and original barracks? Well, now is your chance. So long as you can pony up the roughly 15 million Canadian dollars to purchase the 700-acre property once owned uh, as RCAF Station Picton in um, in a couple of hours' drive east of Toronto in Ontario. Uh, this base was one of dozens of such facilities which sprang up across uh, Canada between 1940 and 1945 as part of the British Commonwealth Air Training Plan. Each of them helped provide Allied Air Forces with thousands of highly capable flights and maintenance personnel during the Second World War. RCAF Station Picton formally opened in April 1941. The base hosted the Royal Air Force's number 31 Bombing and Gunnery School, which offered six-week training courses in bombing, navigation and aerial gunnery. Student pilots and bombardiers... uh, (laughs) I said it properly. Uh, uh, Yes, thanks, Mother. Uh, Could could hone their bombardment techniques. Can we get a recording of that, please? (laughs) Diary entry? Indeed. 3rd of September. (laughs) Yeah. I would uh, love to just have a, a recording of Mama Smith saying, Bombardier! Indeed, all right, leave it with me. Uh, bomb, bomb, I forgot. The, uh, anyway, the dog's getting well, involved Alfie. now. See now what you've started. See what you've started anyway. In 1968, Canada's three... In a, shut up, Alfie. Uh, three independent military services merged to form the Canadian forces. So consequently, Camp Picton underwent another name change to become Canadian forces base Picton. But this was short-lived as the Canadian forces closed the base in September 1969, selling the site to the town's former mayor, H.J. McFarland. Interestingly, McFarland sold the property three decades later to a World War II veteran who had undergone his RCAF training at a similar facility in Canada. However, once again, the site is for sale now in 2021. In many ways, the place is a step back in time as it... uh, retains most of its original buildings uh, including the original barracks the dentist's office drill hall and even the abseiling tower this is so cool um uh, several businesses are run from the site as well, but most importantly, to us at least, the airfield's three runways and original hangar building are still operational as Picton Airport. I think that's absolutely brilliant, and I must... Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, if if that was here in the UK, I mean... Um, oh, where's the... There's one near you, isn't it? Which has got the old Feathers Club uh, attached to it. That's over at... Um, that's oh, near at you, Horum. isn't it? At Horum, yeah, absolutely. Um 
you know, and they actually they didn't have the buildings, so they recreated them. Uh, they recreated the drill hall and all that kind of, you know, where they used to have the dances and stuff. Um, you know, you, I, I do hope somebody preserves it in some way. I think that would just be amazing. I must admit, that's a lot a lot of money. But when you look, I mean, I've just been having a look whilst you've been reading that story, Matt, at the site itself. It's quite a large okay. site. And I think if you if you had the money, and I think it would be a great thing to have it continue as a, as a GA kind of use um, airport. I think for people to use indeed to to use. yeah yeah matt's got a couple of pictures that he can oh, throw he? up there oh, but it's cool. got, it's right. it's uh <laughs> i mean it's it's over a thousand acres if not two thousand acres it's just across the river from rochester new york or syracuse new york uh just kidding it's not a river it's lake ontario um but if it's just uh i don't know maybe an hour's ride from toronto so all our canadian listeners or if you have the ability to buy land in canada uh, we will offer you up the uh, the opportunity to host the PTUK 500th from <laughs> from Picton right. Private Airport. Okay. Right, <laughs> now, yeah, you can see there on, on the 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 hangars are still there. Some yeah. of the barracks are still there. So it's 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 it looks like a Air Force base. Actually, Miles High makes the point. It is only about 8.6 million. Pounds. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll write a check then. Shall I? Yeah. And watch it go. Uh, Micah suggests we, that we should move the PTUK headquarters um, there to have the annual PTUK hey, I'm up, air I'm, show. I'm up for it. <laughs> I'm absolutely it's not a bad idea. That. No, it's not, not a bad, bad idea. idea. Yeah, I don't think we've quite got enough in the in the old coffers at the moment, though. I don't, I, you know, yeah. to be honest, we'd, we'd have to have a good broadband. Right. Well, yeah, indeed. I take back my uh, comments about my lovely bride avoiding the military stories. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently she's been lurking this whole time and listening yes. just outside the door. Yes, indeed, as you do. Yeah. Indeed, she could. So she, that is what we bring. She could shuffle back to her to camera if she wants now. <laughs> That's all right. I'll stay here. Oh, just okay. moved the mic set up and everything. We, oh, okay. We like just to excluded sit next. me. Yeah, we Aww. like to sit next to each other. Anyway. Right, oh, right. it's it's like you know each other. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, thanks for choosing those stories this week, Armando. Well done. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, I think it's kind of near a club time to stop. It is absolutely, yeah, show, yeah, it, yeah absolutely. Let's go. Um, but uh, for social media links, don't forget. Uh, actually, we've got a quick mention to make. We had a we had a purchase this week. We or did today, indeed, in fact, yeah. of a mug. One of our lovely loyal listeners has uh, ordered a PTUK mug yep. off our website. And how do they do um, that? Where do they go to do that? Well, Matt, what they do is they go over to allaws.plaintalkinguk.com and they click on our shop or store, I should say, uh, part of the page, and it'll take you to our store where you can purchase said mug, yeah. or coffee mug, tea mug, or Amanda yeah. puts uh, whiskey in his. But anyway, Ooh, you can put whatever you like all in uh, and you can also grab yourself a uh, PTUK T-shirt as well, one of our glorious embroidered fronted uh, PTUK branded T-shirts uh, <laughs> with a printed back as well. We can get grab one of those on there. Uh, you can also search for us if you don't already follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We're on all those all those media outlets. Uh, just search for Plain Talking UK. And also that WhatsApp number. We haven't had any in this week. So if you're we have. listening no, we've to... Had loads oh, we have. Yeah, no, oh, we have had loads in. Yeah, yeah okay. we have had loads in. We'll, oh, have to get up so we'll have to get you set up so you can look at it on a browser again. Yes, I've... I know. If you want to send in a picture to put on the green screen, like I've got behind me here or in the studio where Matt is, uh, you can send those into plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Uh, you can also 
we'd love to hear some feedback. We had some great feedback uh, this uh, weekend from Nick uh, Codling, uh, which we're going to feature on a future show. Uh, if you want to send us in that, you can send it in via the WhatsApp number if you wanted to, but you can also email us podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm sure you all subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, don't forget, if you are downloading the show and listening to us uh, via the downloady kind of way of listening to the show uh, on itunes <laughs> wow. if you could leave us a little review on itunes that would be great we have had uh, a couple of really nice reviews just recently on itunes from listeners so thank you very much uh, to those guys for that uh, for leaving those reviews on itunes we really do appreciate that and it also helps to push the show uh, on itunes for other people to find us which is always good uh, don't forget if you're doing your shopping on amazon this weekend which i'm sure everyone is at some point in time uh, don't forget to go on our website and click on the amazon link which will take you through to amazon and doesn't cost you a penny doesn't do anything it just uh, sends us a small referral fee to the show uh, to help us and uh, so you can do your shopping via that link and uh, that's about it really anyone else got any uh, exciting news or what's going on armando and meg our lovely guest meg and what's going on in the world oh, of you guys nothing. this weekend no nothing special <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, i don't know what do you have planned for my birthday babe? this is uh well you know this part <laughs> we we are celebrating her birthday but we are making it a halloween thing so, Ooh, so Maddie cool. decided to go nice. Halloween shopping early, yeah. and uh, they found a lovely little costume, and so she decided we should combine Halloween with Mommy's birthday, which yeah. I thought was a fabulous idea. I like so it. That's what's I, li- I like yeah. the, I like the thinking there. That that works yeah. for me. Yeah, I yeah. like Halloween. It's fun. Yeah. Other than that, uh, chill weekend, and uh, I don't know what we'll do. I know I got some flying to do. I got two charters to do on Saturday and Sunday, unfortunately. Um, but hey, that's how it goes. This mm. flying on weekends is part of the part, part of the, job. the deal. Yeah. yeah. Never mind, eh? All part of Matt. That. What are you doing next? Week? Um, I will be. Uh, I'm normally I'm up early listening to Neil. Uh, but I've been doing a week of breakfast shows where my alarm has gone off yes. at four thirty in the morning. So I will be mostly sleeping in tomorrow. I think, or at least I'm going to try. I'm going to try very hard to. Um, but then I start my new show on Sunday morning. So uh, yes, he a, does. It, it's official now. I'm officially uh, the, the Matt the, is the new, the new face of Sunday morning breakfast on Park yeah. Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We do listen here. We love it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's basically the middle of the night for you now because it's 7 a.m. here that it starts. But uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's nice to have a, a, a big, big um, show like that. So uh, yeah, very, very pleased to Good. have uh, been promoted uh, nice. so soon in my Congrats. tenure, which is nice. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. It's it so much fun being doing breakfast actually this week. I've had so Ooh. much fun. Tanya yeah. says, congratulations, but thank you, Tanya. Yeah, so if anybody, I don't know what time, what seven a.m. here? What what time is that in seven a.m. in the U.S.? What's that in English? Uh, seven a.m. in the U.S. would be Armando. Oh, it's noon, right? Seven a.m. Seven a.m. Eleven or twelve? Yeah. here, yeah. Seven a.m. Here, here on the east coast. Seven a.m. here in the east coast is like noon over there. No, no, seven a.m. here in the U.K. Oh yeah, that's like what five, four, three in the morning. Lovely. Okay, there we go oh. for our U.S. <laughs> listeners. Oh, got it. <laughs> Tune in three in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if yeah, you're miles if high, you're, says three a.m. Yeah, if you're on a light night out, 
<laughs> if you're on a Actually, night out, then you might be luck. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Tony S is saying in the chat room, Matt, that uh, Matt plays the best tunes. Oh, he does. He play. really does. Yeah. Ah, it's all part uh, of And our, yeah. our uncle Micah is saying that uh, give him another two months. And Matt will own the station. <laughs> uh, no, no, absolutely not. If, if you had any idea the amount of work that goes on, I mean, it's only a community radio station, but I, you know, I must say that you know, to credit where credit's due, and one of the reasons why me and Carlos enjoy being in part of it is because it's a it's a community radio station that pretends like it's a real radio station, and I don't mean that in a in a horrible way, but I mean it's like you know the production values and everything are really important in how you mm. put the show together and stuff like that. I mean, we're constantly getting emails on we about uh, about how we do stuff so you know we are, uh, but yeah. I, and i love that i love it it's a community radio station that's punching way above its weight and and that's why it's such a fun project to be uh, involved in but oh my god it's like it's good fun <laughs> it, it is good fun and as i say carlos did the bank holiday monday didn't you i did yeah i done yeah. the bank holiday monday breakfast show and saturday's breakfast show last week oh you did fun. didn't you yeah yeah as a busy yeah. weekend yeah, i indeed. was very tired come sunday anyway come on uh, you have an well, anniversary to go and you, you have but a wife to go and cuddle next week <laughs> <laughs> next week, I, I'm, I'm so excited because next week I am actually going to go and do my first exhibition. Setup. What? I know. After so many, have you forgotten how to do months, it? That's the question. I know. I've spent the last two days <laughs> getting everything ready to make sure it's ready. We have actually started to have exhibitions here in the UK, which Oof, is fantastic for me because it means I can do what I'm supposed to be doing yes. uh, rather than driving a lorry every day. Indeed. But uh, yes, we have our first exhibition at the NEC in Birmingham. Oh dear, which is great. So yeah, could be worse. I suppose it could be London. I guess. I know. Uh, <laughs> so that's uh, where we are going to wrap things up for episode number three hundred and eighty-two of, sh- of the show. Thanks to everyone again who's joined us in the YouTube chat room this evening. Thank you to everyone. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we will be back next Friday, hopefully with a full crew. And uh, we not me. I'm not here next week. Well, I'm, Matt's I'm not here next week, here. so I'll yeah. be in charge. Yeah. Yeah. We won't be on time, uh, but we will be here at somewhere around about seven ish, seven fifteen ish, thirty ish kind okay, of thing. Lovely. But don't yeah. panic; it'll be fine. So, a big thanks to Megan. Our Glorious uh, guest co-host this evening. Well done, Megan. Done a very good job. Yeah, well done. it was brief. So and also, too many mistakes. And also, happy birthday from us all. Yeah, home. happy birthday. And yeah. happy yeah. anniversary yeah. to you. And happy anniversary. Thank yeah. you very much, guys. So that's it then. Take care, everyone. Have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe, and we'll see you all next Friday. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, bye.